Hello, this is Coach Tim Campbell, and I'm your host for the Self-Made is a Myth, Make a Difference Together show, where we're talking with successful business owners about their journey of their building their successful business. And because we know that success in business is not something that we can do on our own, we're taking time to recognize the folks who have helped us to excel. Today, I'm happy to have a fellow business owner from Indiana with us today, my guest, has been a pilot for over 25 years and now flies both airplanes and helicopters. He enjoys time with his family as well as flying. He says that uh, flying is his meditation. I love that. We're going to ask him a little bit more about that here in a minute. Um, he is most proud of his incredible family and seeing how his amazing five kids have grown up. It's my pleasure to welcome TK to the show today. Hello, TK. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate the invite. Looking forward to the conversation. Awesome. Well, hey, let's jump in. I'll have you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit of your personal story, like where you live and about your family and some of your hobbies. Yeah, for sure. So again, my name is TK Herman. Uh, I am a native of Indiana. So born and raised in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, lived here my whole life. Um, I don't feel like I have a super interesting story, but I suppose there's been some twists and turns along the way that... Uh, have afforded me some, you know, lessons and, and and things that I can share from an entrepreneur perspective. So um, I uh, became an entrepreneur. I've been, I'm 51. I just turned 51 last month, and uh, I I started working for myself when I was probably 26. Um, so you know, coming up on 25, 26 years now. And uh, you know, when I quit my job, uh, I went to Ball State University to college, um, degrees in telecommunications and marketing got into the tech space. And if you go to my LinkedIn profile and read from the bottom up, it tells a story. Um, and uh, you'll see that I got fired from the first two jobs that I had out of, out of school. Uh, and I deserve to be fired, quite honestly. Um, but I knew when uh, when I quit my job, again, there's a long sort of circuitous route uh, to get to where I am today. And Steve Jobs has a great commencement speech. It's very famous where he talks about how you can't connect the dots looking forward, but you can connect them when you look backwards. <laughs> and uh, So I was making decisions along the way that was always kind of moving in, moving me forward. You know, forward isn't a direct line. Forward might be a zigzag, you know, like you're tacking in a sailboat. A fo forward might be, you know, one step backwards so you can take three steps forward sort of thing as well. But I knew when I uh, made the decision to, to work for myself, again, around the age of 25 or 26, that uh, I think I distinctly remember having a conversation with somebody and saying that, you know, I don't know what I'm going to end up doing the rest of my life, but I know that once I quit my job and I cross this line, I can never go back. Um, <laughs> right. And I, I was, I was, I was just always wired that way. I didn't, you know, I grew up um, in a family. My parents were both teachers when I was young. My dad got, my dad got out of teaching uh, when I was probably 10 or 11 years old, but uh, neither of them are, they're, they're, they both have master's degrees, but neither of them are, were entrepreneurs. Mm. And, uh, and I didn't really grow up with any entrepreneurship um, in, in our family, if you will. But I did have some friends uh, growing up whose parents were entrepreneurs. And I always kind of admired them from a distance, kind of watched them from a distance. And, yeah. you know, just always felt like that was kind of in my blood or in my, in my genes. And really for the most part, to me, that means, just being in control of my own destiny, you know? So if things are going well, then uh, great for me. And if things are going bad, I'm taking the responsibility. <laughs> it's all my shoulders. And I like it that way. Awesome. Tell us about your family. Yeah. So uh, married to my best friend. Um, we've been married uh, eight, eight, a little over eight years together, nine years. 
we have five kids. We're a blended family, and uh, our kids are ages 17 to 23. Um, and on we're down to one at home. So our youngest is 17. He's a senior in high school, and uh, we've got uh, three, including him, that live in Fort, or him and two others that live in Fort Wayne. We have one that lives in Orlando, Florida, and one that lives in Phoenix, um, Arizona. And we were blessed with a um, grandchild. Our oldest uh, daughter got pregnant a few years back, and so we have uh, an almost three-year-old grandson who is just such a huge blessing to have around our house. Um, they just live five minutes down the road and uh, we're able to see him quite a bit. And it's been interesting too playing that grandparent role and kind of being able to reflect back, you know, on, on my life as a parent and seeing things differently, you know, as, as, as we've watched, you know, Rocco be able to grow up over the last, you know, couple of years. Yeah, fantastic. So tell us a little bit more about the flying. I, I, I know we talked about it last time we chatted, but it's an awesome story. Yeah, you know, um, same same with the uh, entrepreneurship side of things. No pilots in my family at all. Just something that I, I was the kid that uh, would would look up at the sky, you know, is it baseball practice when I was playing Little League, for example, and a plane <laughs> would fly over, or a helicopter would fly over, and I'd look up in the sky and always was just drawn to that. And And one day... Um, in my early 20s, I just said, you know what, I'm going to learn to fly an airplane. And uh, so went to the local, you know, flight school and started taking lessons. Um, it was so long ago now, I wish I could go back and sort of really dig into the mindset that was behind that. But it was just something I wanted to do uh, and did that. And uh, it's interesting because it really kicked off a, a lifelong passion and a lifelong uh, progression of learning. Because, you know, when you get your license to fly, the the the, the the saying is you really get a license to learn and that's a hundred percent true. <laughs> um, and uh, um, I was able to then take that, um, uh, that skill set and leverage it in business, you know, and, and, and general aviation, having, having access to general aviation and business is really a, a game changer mm. uh, for sure. So, um, uh, you know, again, a, a single engine uh, rated, multi-engine rated, instrument rated. Um, and then I just got my helicopter rating about two years ago, two and a half years ago. And uh, uh, again, that's my passion. That's my meditation. For me, being be going up, I, I, I own a helicopter, and uh, being able to to go up uh, in the helicopter and and fly something, fly a machine that's not really designed to fly, <laughs> uh, is uh, is something that's just it's just a, a feeling that's hard to describe, you know. And I I say too that like it was always a dream of mine to learn to fly helicopters. Never ever ever thought I would do it. Um, and, uh, so I look back now and I go, you know, I never, ever thought that I would learn to fly a helicopter. No way in heck did I ever think I'd own one. And I live out in the country, so I keep it at my house and there's no freaking way that I ever thought I'd have a helicopter in my house. So it's one of those things every time I go outside and I, and I, and I happen, I just flew yesterday. I might go today. Um, and, uh, it, it's really like a pinched me kind of moment. If that makes sense. That's amazing. I, I love, um, I love the fact that you set a dream, right? And didn't didn't necessarily believe that it was going to happen, but by planting that seed, it just reinforces the whole principle of the law of attraction, right? That when we set dreams, yeah. they end up happening. And I'll tell you, the the helicopter thing was interesting because, um, you know, here I am with the time I was what like 49, 48. Um, and flying a helicopter is very different than flying an airplane. And uh, I, I will be honest with you, there were a couple of times during my lessons that I'm like, 
I don't need to be doing this. Um, <laughs> this is definitely something that I could kill myself uh, if I'm not if I'm not paying attention, you know. And maybe this isn't the thing for me. But but like everything else, it it forced me to push through that and mm -hmm. forced me to prove to myself that I could make that happen, that I could do it. Um, and that's I think the same kind of drive that's just got me to where I am in my life today. Yeah. Um, there's a, a, a popular phrase that says everything that we want out of life is on the other side of our comfort zone. And, and we've got to be willing to step out and to your point, push through that, that perturbation, right? That uncomfortableness, that emotional, you know, negative emotional reaction to the, what did I just do to be able to get to the other side and, and achieve the things that we want in life. So congratulations. Yeah. And I, you know, what, what aviation really does for me is, is I self-diagnosed myself with ADD a long time ago. <laughs> you know, I've always got multiple things going on and, and just all kinds of things happening on a regular basis. And aviation to me is the one place I can go. Number one, it's it, you're escaping the bounds of earth, if you will. Right. Uh, to make it sort of metaphorical, but also it's the one place that I have to concentrate. In fact, <laughs> one of the things I enjoy the most is as I enjoy instrument flying. So flying in the clouds, flying down, you know, flying an approach down to minimums where you have to be on your game mm. and there's no, you know, second guessing and there's no, you know, I can't, I, you know, well, if I get this half right, I'm okay. <laughs> um, and and I, I just, I, I really thrive on that, that kind of sort of solitude, that sort of focus and that pressure in a sense. I, I really enjoy that. Yeah. So um, TK, what's a funny story that your family likes to share about you that you'd be willing to share with us? Oh boy. Uh, I'm sure there's quite a few of them. <laughs> I, I think, um, Oh gosh, I'm trying to think of one that that, that comes to mind. Um, uh, you know, I'm somebody that uh, I can't stand messes. I'll, I'll share this. My wife would laugh at this if she's hearing this. So I can't stand clutter and I can't stand messes unless it's my own. <laughs> it's my own I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> if, if other people leave things around the house or leave a mess out or so forth, you know, so on, so on and so forth, it, it drives me crazy. And, uh, and I'll make comments about it. And she just gives me this look like, are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> I'm like, well, but it's my mess. My yeah. mess is okay. It's other yeah. people's messes. That, that your, your, your mess is organized and you know that it's not exactly. a mess, right? Yeah. Like I, I try to use that line and it doesn't actually work. No, I can't imagine it would. <laughs> so, um, TK, you explained that you've basically always been an entrepreneur and how you you got to that point. But um, tell us what's uh, I, I know you have a couple of businesses that you're that you're running now. Tell us a little bit about uh, what's on your plate today. Yeah, so uh, we we exited my main business, uh, which was a company called Aptera Software. Uh, Aptera was about 120 people. We did uh, large scale enterprise level web development, web apps, mobile apps for, for global brands. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, work for high profile companies. And uh, we had an opportunity in in uh, mid 2021 to exit that business. Uh, that was not on the radar screen. There's a whole story around that. Uh, decided to uh, to to take that opportunity and, and sell the business. We had we'd had the business for 18 years, so we'd worked hard, very hard, growing the business. Lots of lots of lessons along the way. Um, 
And but as part of the the um, the negotiations, uh, we had be behind the scenes, we'd spent a few years and a couple million dollars developing a SaaS product that we had intended to market. There's a really long story behind that this 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 product. Um, but part of our negotiation was we got to take the product with us and then uh, and then pick five employees to go with us as well. So we spun that out into a separate business. So we've got that going today. Um, I told my business partner I don't want to be president and CEO anymore, and and he stepped up. And he's the CEO of that business and totally capable of it. So uh, I'm playing more of an investor role. We, we funded it for the first year, put a million dollars in to fund it for the first year and see how things went. Uh, they're going really, really well. And so we we said, okay, if they go well, we're going to raise money. And so that's the stage that we're in right now. So that's really my focus now is is just uh, getting getting the meeting set with uh, potential investors and uh, and looking to raise that money, which is something new to me. I've never done that before. Uh, so it's a learning process and uh, it, it's fun to see. Um, I also, while we had Aptera going um, as a side thing, I also co-owned uh, three in Sky Zone indoor trampoline parks. Yeah. Uh, and um, I had this interesting juxtaposition during COVID because I had one business, the software company that was growing very well or doing very well and growing fast. Um, and then I had another business that was actually a really solid business that was just literally shut off overnight, right. you know, to no fault of our own and, uh, and just decimated. Um, and we, we, we also exited that business last year as well. Um, but, uh, it was, a, it was an interesting time period because, you know, I think I'm in a way I would, I, I, I wouldn't want to go through it again, but <laughs> add that I had the experience because, um, you know, if I had only had. Uh, our software business, I think my mindset would have been, well, what's the big deal? Right. You know, but I could really, really, you know, empathize and and I really understood what a lot of businesses were going through. Right. You know, I mean, first, I mean, right, 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 in, you know, right in my face. So, as an example, from March of 20 through November of 20, net of PPP and all of the government programs, we took advantage of all of it. Uh, net of that, we still burned through over $700,000 in cash, just keeping the doors open. Wow. And so, you know, it was, it was a very, very interesting time. We were fortunate that, that things did pick back up in, in, in the beginning of 21. So we were, we were able to recover and then, and then exit successfully from that business. But the, the, the crazy part of the story was we had the three trampoline parks for sale. Um, pre-COVID, we had a buyer lined up to buy the parks and we were set to close middle of April of 20 oh. and everything shut down in uh, middle of March of 20. Right. Um, and so it's also a good lesson. Don't, don't count your chickens before they hatch. Because <laughs> sure. again, in my mind, I had the money spent. We were going to pay the house off or put <laughs> all this stuff. And, and it was like, oh boy. And, and the, 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 the uh, true part of the story is literally the, the the week everything shuts down is the week the excavators showed up to start digging our pool, and uh, and there was a time period for probably three or four weeks where I was like going I don't know this is bad because right. I had no idea if our software company was going to be affected or not you know unfortunately it was not um, but uh, uh, it was an interesting time for sure I learned a ton I mean I, I learned more honestly in twenty in twenty and twenty one in those I'd say eighteen to twenty four months. Um, between COVID and all that went along with that um, and then selling our business and spinning a company out, I think I learned more in those, you know, 18 months than I did in 18 years, yeah. you know, of owning the business or, or 20 plus years of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Sounds like there might be a book in there. You know, it's funny you say that. It's actually really funny you say that because I did sign on with a company to write a book. Yeah. Um, 
actually pre pre exit from our from our um, software company and then put it on hold because the whole sale the business came up and then started to resurrect it uh, last spring and just didn't feel like the timing is right. So it's still kind of on hold right now. Okay. Um, I have an idea of what I want it to be about, um, but I just need to sit down and start start uh, putting uh, sure. words on the screen. Yeah. So TK, share a story of where someone pushed you or inspired you that you could do it, even maybe though you thought you couldn't and the impact that that person had on you. Yeah, the, the first thing that comes to mind is, um, uh, gosh, many, many years ago, I ended up actually in, in Indianapolis and um, and went to, um, there, there's a sales consultant down there, a consultancy called Lucian Associates. I'll give him a plug. I don't know if you know Paul or not. Yeah. But uh, so I got on their email list and uh, um, this would have been circa 2000 and maybe nine or 10. And um, uh, ended up deciding, hey, I got, I got an a notification of like a free two hour thing at their office. Right. And we, we'd, we'd always struggled on the sales side of things. You know, in the beginning I was the salesperson, but we, right. it was, that's hard to replicate, right. you know, relationships and that kind of stuff. And so we struggled kind of building out, you know, the, how do you hire a salesperson on board and so forth. So I went, uh, went down to this two hour session, I met Paul and um, afterwards I said, Hey, I, I want to talk to you some more. I'm, I'm interested in what you guys do. So we go in his office and we sit down and, and uh, it's so funny because I can, I can picture this like it was yesterday. I'm sitting in the chair in his office and he's sitting on the couch and um, he starts asking me questions. And I'm saying, well, you know, we're really good at this. We suck at this. We really need to work on this. You know, we're terrible at this. We're, we're, we're okay at this. And he, so we're probably five minutes into the conversation and he goes, I got to stop you. And I go, okay. And he goes, can you please stop saying we and say I and take some responsibility? <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, but he was, and he was right. And, and, and I, I like that kind of in your face sort of, you know, uh, coaching, if you will. And so we ended up engaging with Paul and Paul's actually become a very good friend of mine, you know, over the years. Um, he's super, super good guy. But uh, and he helped our, our business quite a bit. But, you know, it was not it was that plus there's there's multiple other examples where where he's just like, you know, punched me in the nose <laughs> with, with, with with information or some insight or whatnot that I really needed to have. Um, and uh, and it had a fundamental impact, you know, on on not just me personally or our sales team, but also on the whole business, because a lot of the stuff that we learned in there, we started obviously implemented on the sales side of things, but you know, in any business, everybody's a salesperson. Every single person in the organization is is in sales. Yeah. And so we were able to take some of those lessons and then and then and let them sort of seep down into the rest of the culture. Yeah. Fantastic. Yes. It's always uh good and bad, right? To have that person who's willing to to confront us and tell us what we need to hear, even though we may not like hearing it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think I, I truly believe in a business, whether it's a business or a family, everything is topped out. Everything is topped out, you know, and um, and that gets harder as the business starts to grow for sure. But you still set the tone, yes. you know, of, of how the business is going to be. And if the person at the top is not willing to look at themselves and like, I mean, like really look at themselves, um, and, and, and ask the question, okay, something, something goes awry over here. The only question you needed to ask is, okay, how did I create this situation? How did I cause this? How did I cause this? How did I cause this? You know, and, and if you're willing to do that, 
um, and realize that something you know that, that you're doing or a way that you're showing up is creating this environment and then you go fix it in you. Yes. And when you fix it in you, that trickles out to everybody else. Uh, to me, that's that's a huge key to success. Yeah. And it's not always easy to do that. But like, to your point, life is a mirror, right? So anything that we don't like that we see happening around us, we have to do exactly what you said, right? Reflect on ourselves and say, what am I doing to cause that? But so much easier to to point the finger and blame other people, right? Then look back at ourselves and really do that deep analysis of, how do I need to change to get a better result? So. Yeah, you know, for sure. And my, my wife is also an entrepreneur and uh, and we're, we're also very um, into, if you will, put quotes around that, like personal development and personal growth. And, and when we got, we got married, uh, we, have, we have a very interesting and a great story because we went to high school together. Just we're, we're, we're married separately from people for a while then came back together. And, uh, and it's interesting because when, when, it, it, like even back into college, I think back in college, you know, I read like seven habits of highly effective people. You know, I would listen to you know Tony Robbins or read a Tony Robbins book or whatever. But uh, so I always liked that that like personal development stuff, but didn't do a whole lot with it. And then when when Jill and I uh, got married, um, she had taken a personal development course a few years previous, and I was intrigued by that. And I'm like, I want to do a course. Hmm. And so we ended up finding something actually in Indianapolis that. Uh, was uh, pivotal in my life. I'll say it that way. Um, I, you know, it was very intense. It was 22 days over the course of four months mm. in person, very experiential and never before in my life had I ever looked at myself as thoroughly as authentically as I did in that course. Oh, wow. And that sort of, for me personally, set off this, this desire to continue to grow, continue to grow, continue to grow. And my wife, both, both my wife and I have both invested heavily in, in coaches, you know, personal coaches and relationship coaches, but really what it you know comes down to is us sort of working our own shit out, if you will, yeah. on our own stuff, <laughs> right. right? And and rather than and 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 we work that we work that stuff out, and that creates a stronger bond between us. It creates a happier life for us individually, and again, it seeps down to our kids in a significant way. Um, and I think too that 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 seeps into again any kind of a business that you'd be in. So. I've, I've always been very much the kind of person that's willing to put that effort in and hold that mirror up and, uh, and look at myself and take responsibility. Congratulations. I mean, that, that is the key to why you've had so many successes is, is your willingness to, you know, to step back and self-reflect. So uh, again, not everyone is, is willing to do that. So, you know, big kudos to you for, for being willing to expose yourself that way. And, and thank you for sharing because I think folks who are listening, uh, can take that away and, and, you know, spend some time and, and money on their own personal growth and development. Yeah. I'd, hi I'd highly encourage it. There's so many, uh, so many options out there today. I mean, everything from YouTube, you know, videos to following people on Instagram to courses, to books. Um, I don't know if it's more, if it's more so that I pay attention to it now, or it just seems there's, there, there seems to be a lot more of it, right. um, uh, either one, but either one is, is a good thing for sure. And back to the business side, like, what am I doing now? What's interesting now is that I've put myself back in a position where I feel like I'm low man on the totem pole. It's almost, it's almost, I'm, I'm thinking as we're talking here, it's almost like when I, when I decided to take helicopter lessons, like I was a pretty accomplished pilot, um, you know, flew all over the country. 
Um, and then all of a sudden I put myself in a helicopter and I'm like, <laughs> I could kill myself. <laughs> right. And so, so now that we've exited the business, you know, I've been spending a lot of time trying to learn about investing and different things like that, that I had no knowledge of mm. uh, whatsoever. And, uh, you know, I find that some of the, cause I, you know, we all have stories in our head, you know, and, and, you know, a couple of my stories are, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. Um, I'm lazy. I'm an imposter. Those are my four things. And, uh, and I know that's all just bullshit stories, but, <laughs> yeah. but uh, um, it's been interesting because I, I look at myself, I find myself from time to time going, okay, I did it once or twice, depending on how you want to look at you know, the businesses I've been in. Um, can I do it again? I don't know if I can do it again. Yeah. You know, I find that fear creeping in. And the truth is I, I know that I can. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just a matter of taking one step forward, one step forward, one step forward. So I feel like I'm heading in that direction. And I've and I've really tried to surround myself. I've always been the kind of person that has his uh, I try to put myself in rooms where I'm the low man on the totem pole mm. and I'm the one that's asking all the questions. Yeah. And and I have done that now. I'm I'm in a couple of different groups. Um, call it like investment groups, business groups, where, uh, so I go to Nashville, for example, uh, two days a month for this particular group that I'm in. And uh, I'm in this group with some extremely successful people. You know, uh, uh, most people where I live would look at the success that I've had and go, oh, that's amazing. Uh, I'm nothing. <laughs> you know, compared to what some of these people have accomplished and what yeah. they've done at, at, at a much earlier age than me. Um, and, uh, and so it's intimidating. It's really intimidating putting yourself in that spot. <laughs> that's how you grow. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so I, you know, I, I put myself in that position and, uh, and keep pushing forward every day. I love it. So TK, what's your biggest learning as a business owner? You know, it's so interesting. I was just having this conversation yesterday with a buddy of mine, who's an entrepreneur and one of my favorite people to talk to. And he, uh, he and I were talking and I, I tell my kids this and he and I were talking about it too. I honestly don't think being successful in business is that difficult. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, I didn't, I don't mean that it's not hard work. I don't mean that it's not risk-taking or long hours or tough decisions. That's all true. Um, I just feel like it comes down to delivering a good experience. Um, and delivering a good experience on both sides of the net, delivering a good experience to your clients and your customers and delivering a good experience to your employees. And I just, I just don't think that's all that difficult to do. And it's all centered around great communication, okay. you know? So for example, in, in our line of work, uh, where we were doing custom software development projects, you know, uh, um, and, and this, this applies to home building to, I mean, you name the business, it doesn't matter. I mean, stuff comes up when, 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 whenever you hire somebody to do something, things come up, yep. you know, whether, whether you're the person hiring them or you're the one being hired, things come up and it, it never ceases to amaze me of, uh, how poor, how frequently the communication is poor. I'll say it that way. <laughs> um, you know, and, and our, our former director of sales coined the phrase, and I love it. He said, you know, bad news is not like fine wine. It does not get better with age. <laughs> you know, and, and it's so true because we, you know, we we weren't perfect on all of our projects. Um, you know, we we slipped on budgets. We slipped on time. Sure. You know, we made mistakes, uh, but but we always owned it. And we always corrected it. And we always made sure at the end of the day, the customer was happy. You know, our, our sort of directive when we started the business, I said, there, I said, there's two like core, absolute rock solid core principles that we need to abide by. 
And one is every client uh, should feel and will feel like they're our only client. Mm. And every client will be a reference when we're done. Mm. You know, I, w- I want our clients to feel like, like, wait, wait a second. These guys have other customers. I didn't even know that. That's how, that's how, that's how good of care we take, you know, or how, how good we take care of them. Yeah. And then the other part is um, it doesn't matter what happens in the project. They will be a reference when we're done. So we could screw up royally on it and we've got to figure out a way to make it right so that we can go back to them. Right. And, 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 may, and maybe their reference is, yeah, they really effed up our project, but here's what they did to fix it. And I would a hundred percent use them again. And I would recommend them. Yes. You know, and that's, that's really the kind of the core of what we built the business on. I love it. So we know that business success doesn't happen in isolation. So TK, if I asked you to pick three people in your business owner journey that you're most grateful for, being there to help your business growth. Who are those three people and how'd they help you? I don't know. So that's, that's a tough one because we had a lot of employees and a lot of great people over the years. So I don't know that'd be fair just to pick three people. I mean, I've, honestly, I, I had a great business partner, uh, still do in in, um, in fact, of the company we spun out. Um, with, uh, with the two of us, we're very yin and yang. Mm. Um, and that's one that there's a great book called rocket fuel. Um, and rocket fuel is a book that talks about, you know, really understanding your weaknesses and then hiring or partnering with somebody that complements your weaknesses. And, uh, you know, that was not something that I consciously knew about or thought about when, when the two of us partnered up, but that's the way it ended up being, um, you know, what, what I'm, what I'm good at and where my talents lie, um, you know, are, are probably where his weaknesses would be and what he's really good at and where his talents are or where my weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. And so we complemented each other very well. We were 50-50 partners for 18 years. Um, you know, had a couple of shouting matches, maybe two yeah. or three. I mean, that's <laughs> about it over 18 years. Um, you know, got along well and we built a, just an amazing, amazing, amazing team of people. You know, and then we 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 built a leadership team in our business and really a culture in our business that was all about taking responsibility. You know, the I've got all these like um, metaphors and 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 you know sayings and phrases that I would say all the time. But you know, one of the things was that um, I would happily or we our culture we we have this culture where we'll we'll happily check in with somebody all day long. You know, but if I have to check up on you, now we have an issue. Uh, right? And there's a huge difference between those two things. You know, checking in is, is hey, you said, is, how's it going? Can I help you? What, what can I do to help? You know, checking up is, you said you're going to do this, but under the covers, I don't really trust that you're going to do that. Yeah. So where do we stand? And, uh, and so in our business, you know, we never... Uh, we just didn't hire people that that had to be sort of babysat. Right. It was just expected that 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 we were going to get the job done and that we would do whatever it took to get the job done. You know, and that does, you know, sometimes that meant longer hours. Sometimes it meant, you know, you could take off early and go to a movie or yeah. go play golf or do whatever you wanted to do. We were super flexible in that. We gave a lot of people responsibility. Certainly there were people along the way that taught me lessons. I mean, most of the people that I that I worked closely with you know, taught me a lot of lessons. There's one in particular um, that I can I can remember. This is early, early on. This is maybe two years into the company. We had hired um, this woman to be a graphic designer for us. And uh, and I remember sitting there and I'm like, I don't think she's going to cut it. I just don't, she just doesn't get it, mm. you know? And, uh, and I, was, I was having the conversations about, okay, I think we're going to get rid of her. So I, I bring her into my office and we have a conversation and in the conversation, I just start asking her questions. Um, and I start realizing that 
it's it's not her that's the issue it was me oh. it was the fact that i wasn't giving her enough rope mm. i wasn't giving her enough latitude you know to do her job and so i, I made the decision in that moment not to fire her um that that i'm going to change my approach and uh and i did and uh, she just took off like a rocket ship i mean she was she was awesome um you know and i think as we as i got more mature and i learned more about you know business that's one of the key factors i think there's three things you know that that are vitally critical for a business to be successful number 1 is hire the the absolute smartest most talented motivated passionate kind you know, happy people that you can hire, number one. Number two is point them in the direction that you want to go. Mm -hmm. You know, and the more narrow you can make that, you know, the more rifle approach you can make that, the better. Um, and then number three, and this is the linchpin and it's the critical one, but it's also the one that's the hardest to do for a lot of people is get out of their way. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, because uh, another phrase I used to use all the time around the office was don't let perfect ruin good. Mm. And uh, I don't know, I stole that from somewhere. I don't even remember where now. Um, but uh, uh, I love that phrase because there's there, there are countless times where I can think of examples where in our business, you know, there was something I can think of one right now off the top of my head. It's, it's really inconsequential, but but it 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 drives the point home. We were we were gonna do something at, at like an open house or something like that we were doing, and we had this little committee. And they came up with an idea. Uh, it doesn't even matter what the idea was, but I was sitting in the meeting and I'm thinking in my head, that is literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard <laughs> in my entire life. But I wasn't going to say that, right? Yeah. But like this is this is just this is terrible. It's a terrible idea. And and it was one of those things where in that moment I'm like, okay, well, if if we do it, I personally wouldn't do that. I think it's a terrible idea, but it's not going to like diminish the, mm. the event we're putting on yeah. or whatever. So let them go ahead and do that. So they did, and it was a terrible idea. <laughs> and then, and then the lesson I learned from that was after the event, we were doing a post post mortem on the event, and that topic came up, and everyone that was involved in the decision making process recognized that was a terrible idea. <laughs> no, and so I could have stepped in as the owner of the business and said, "Nope, we're doing it my way." But there's no learn, or there, there's there's a lot less learning, sure, you know, that 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 comes out of that than allowing them to make the mistake on their own. And then, and then course correct and see that mistake they made. Yeah. You mentioned the, the yin and yang earlier. So I, I find that a lot of um, business partners and, and uh, couples that uh, run the business together are tend to be opposites. And so subconsciously, right, we attract our opposite because we know that that's what's needed to complete us. But if we don't recognize it, it can also be this, right? In terms of this person doesn't think like me, they see the world different than me, I don't understand. But then when we actually get it and we embrace it, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. I do need to see the world that way also, right? To make better business decisions and, yeah, and, and family decisions. Well, I think you're I think you're you're spot on there too, because my wife and I, just in how we live our lives are very different. Like I live my life through my head and my logic. And she is heart and emotion, ah, yeah. you know, and, and that's, that's honestly an area, you know, in full disclosure that I'm, that I, I'm not the most empathic person. She's, she's all about empathy mm. and, uh, and it's a challenge from time to time because, you know, I learned early on that you can't argue logic with emotion right. <laughs> my, my, her, her emotion is just as real as my logic. Absolutely. Right? And it's almost, it's almost a akin to what we see in today's political world. 
right? You've got one side that, that, that I think looks through things from a logical lens and one side that looks through things from emotional lens. And, and both of those are correct. There's not one that's wrong. The problem is you can't argue one against the other. And so it's, you know, in my marriage, it's forced me uh, to, to have a lot more empathy and understanding and go, okay, you know, even though what's, what, what she, he's experiencing makes doesn't make logical sense to me yeah. i get it it's real and it's and, it, and it's real for her and if it's real for her it's real for me yes. right and that same thing holds true in a business for sure yeah i, I uh, my wife and i are opposites too and and there's been times where uh, she'll just say to me tim you just need to tell me what you need for me and i'll be like i just need a hug she's like okay that doesn't make any sense to me but i can do that right <laughs> right now it's it's clear yeah. she you know she's got her her clarity on what how she can support me and and we move on yeah we use disc profile with our clients and a lot of times that's the conversation that we have with with married couple who are also running the business together is help them understand that they're opposite and that they see the world differently and by by opening their mind to the other point of view right, it's actually a good thing for the business right? but it can be challenging right to overcome that i don't get it right we don't think the same way <laughs> I, I don't understand the world through your lens <laughs> yeah, I I, th I think too, you know, whether it's a, whether it's a marriage or a business partnership, you know, just having having the um the environment where you can speak your truth, mm. you know, and and be honest and because, you know, the the, the more that again, this is it's it's equally applicable in marriage as it is in business, but you know, if you find yourself stuffing those feelings down, you know, uh, or those emotions down, they they eventually turn to resentment. And resentment's not a good thing in either a business partnership or a marriage. Yes. Uh, and so, being able to, you know, create a safe space where, you know, you can express your feelings um, on whatever the topic is 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 vitally important. And it's something that 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 you know, in in our marriage, we work on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, you know, we 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 both fall back into patterns that we've had in the past because that's yeah. sort of the default mechanism. And we've done enough work now; we can typically catch ourselves fairly quickly. Yeah. Um. But uh. But but it still happens, and I think you know, and I and I've had to force myself in business also to get out of my comfort zone and and say things like one of the best examples that I could give, and this goes back to the personal development side, was. Um, I was in the midst of this pretty intense course that we did about eight years ago, my wife and I did. And uh, I was sitting in a conference room. And again, mind you, my old stories in my head where I'm not smart enough, not good enough. I'm lazy. I'm an imposter. And uh, and so I'm sitting in a meeting at our uh, at our company. And there's probably like, I don't know, like 10 or 12 people in the conference room. I have this meeting and I just happened to be sitting at the head of the conference table for really no reason. I just sat there. And as this meeting is going on, um, I'm, I am, I'm, paying attention to the thoughts that are rolling through my head. Mm -hmm. And I start realizing that I'm not participating in the meeting the way that I want to participate in the meeting. And the reason is um, I'm afraid. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid because there's stuff they're talking about that I don't actually understand. It doesn't make sense to me. And so I want to raise my, hang on, I don't understand. What, what do you mean by that? What does that even mean? Right. Yeah. But I'm I'm fearful because this is the bullshit story. I'm fearful because they're gonna look at me and go, and again, mind you, I'm surrounded by super smart people. Yeah. They're gonna look at me and go, dude, you're you're the president of the company. <laughs> how do you know the answer to that? Like, how do you not know that? And I'm like, I don't freaking know. Right. So here I am. This is the insanity of it. 
because we all have stories, you know, your story, yeah, everyone has stories, yours are probably different than mine, right? Yep. But, but here I am sitting in, sitting in a building that I own at a company that I started <laughs> surrounded by people that I employ and I'm holding back yeah. because of the bullshit stories that are going through my head. Yeah. You know, and again, I, I still struggle with that on a regular basis, but I've, I've gotten to the point where I understand where those have come from. I understand that they're just stories and I, and I, I, I force myself around those, if that makes sense. Yeah. The, those self-limiting beliefs are, are huge. They're powerful. Right? And um, I've been on a, a journey over the last 18 months in a, a mindset coaching program. And, and that's the core of it. It's, you know, if we, if we can change our thoughts, right, if we can catch our thoughts, our self-limiting beliefs, and we can change them, then we, they don't hold us back. But if we allow them to, to captivate us, right, and we believe them, then the, your example is, is what happens, right, in terms of, well, it must be true, so I'm not going to speak up. Right. Yeah, and and to, to I'm I'm fascinated by the like like the psychology behind people now, you know, because I I look at everybody the way that in my opinion, and you can say God, universe, whatever whatever you use, but I would say I look at everybody the way that I believe God created them, and my definition of that is I believe everyone has a loving heart, a joyful soul, and an abundant mind. Wow. Those are my three things, but but those three things, the loving heart, joyful soul, abundant mind, get crusted over and covered up with with gunk and dirt, <laughs> dust and mold and mud over the years, yeah. you know, from things that happen in your life from an early, early age on up. And, um, and so it's interesting because when I look at people and I look at like maybe somebody that's reacting in a way that in, in, a, in a meeting, in a meeting, or they're reacting to X, Y, Z happened on a project. And it just is out of the norm, put quotes around the norm, the word norm out of the norm, it's fascinating to me to, to go, okay, well, why are they acting that way? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, because at their essence, I know who they are, you know, and there's a reason that they're reacting that way and then be able to kind of help, help them navigate through that. And there's, there's several examples over the years where, where we've had situations come up, you know, and because at the end of the day, any business, it doesn't matter what the business is, any business, it's always, always, always about the people, right. always about the people. And not only internal inside of the four walls of the business, but also external, mm. you know, because we, we would always talk and, and, and tell our people that our number one goal is to make the person on the other side of the transaction. Cause it doesn't matter if, it, if we're doing a $10,000 project or a million dollar project for somebody, somebody is signing that deal on the yeah. other side. And that per and our job is to focus on making that person as successful as they possibly can be. Because if we can focus on that one person and make them incredibly successful, number one, if, if they're successful, then their team's successful. If right. their team's successful, then that helps their department or their division become successful. And, and it, and it, it kind of trickles up, sure. you know, from there. And then also us helping make that one person successful, then that might help them get a promotion that might help them get a new job at a different company or whatever. And then we're creating sort of this, this army of advocates, mm -hmm. so whether it's inside of a big company or they move and go elsewhere. Right. Um, and that's, that's proven time and time again, where we've had somebody leave a business, go to another company. And now we have an immediate in there because we did a great job, yeah. you know, taking care of them. Um, the other thing I would say too, is that, you know, we've always tried to look at people that walk in the door as though they they have a t-shirt on that says um, i want to feel wanted needed and appreciated mm. you know and um and uh we we tried to treat people that way because i i wanted 
I wanted our employees that work for us to just be happy in life. Yeah. My belief also was, is that if, if we could do everything in our power that we could do to, to help them be the happiest they could possibly be outside of work, that bleeds over all day long into work, you know, and they bring that, 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 uh, that vibe and that energy with them. Um, And so we would invest, you know, and doing a lot of things that were not really directly work related, mm. uh, but uh, to create, you know, a community and a culture, you know, within our company that was special. That's awesome. So TK, it, it sounds like you've been blessed with some incredible people. In fact, earlier you said, hey, Tim, it's it, there's too many to even, you know, start to name them all. So if they were all here uh, on the, the show today, what would you want to say to them in terms of the impact they've had on your journey? Yeah, I will obviously a big thank you, you know, because I mean, nobody gets anywhere without, you know, solid people around them for sure. Um, and I'm not the smartest, you know, person. I, I took the risk, you know, and and continue to invest, continue to invest and so forth. But the business was really, you know, and, and our clients really taken care of because of them, not not me, mm-hmm. you know, directly. So I, I very much appreciate that. I think, you know, um uh Again, I, I say this because I've been an employee in the past and, and I've also had people that have sort of been like mentorish type people to me, even if they didn't know, it, right? Um, people I would look up to. And um, I, I never once really thought about when I'm looking up to somebody else that they might be looking at me in the same way. Mm-hmm. It's it's like our kids. Like when we have kids, for example, the, the truth of the matter is, you know, we as a parent, I think when, unfortunately, there's no instruction manual. Um, <laughs> right. So you, you have this mindset that it's my job to shape this child and and to and to grow this person into, you know, a responsible human being, a responsible adult. But the truth of the matter is, if you really break it down, is the kids are there to be a reflection on you and to teach you lessons. Yeah. You know, it could be a lesson in humility, it could be a lesson in, you know, just just letting something be and letting something unfold on its own, <laughs> whatever it is, yeah. right? But it, but the same thing's true there that I, I've taken away. I, I I believe I've taken more away from the interactions and working with the great group of people that I've been able to work with than than I probably have given them. At least that's how I feel. If that makes sense, and so I, I would want them all to know that they've had a tremendous impact, you know, I mean, in just a variety of ways over the years. That's awesome. I, I love the the analogy to to raising kids of you know, that that we learn and and get just as much out of it. I I know from my career of managing people that that the most rewarding thing has been to see them you know, the, the team grow and develop and become better versions of themselves and, and know that in some small way, you know, I had, I had a part of that, uh, but to your point, also, I grew and developed as a manager right, and became a better version of myself because of the experiences I was allowed to have uh, with working with them. So, so I, yeah, I, yeah. One, one of the coolest things, sorry to interrupt you, is oh, the person I mentioned earlier that I almost fired. Um, and and didn't uh, because I realized I wasn't giving her enough rope. So she's now I don't know actually what her job title is, but she has a very very high profile job at Adobe. Mm. Uh, where, like to the point where she's on stage with the CEO, oh, you know, wow. at their at their at their conference. She's on stage, you know, on the main stage at the Apple Development Conference. Um, and, and so watching because I'm Facebook friends with her. And watching her, you know, some of the videos that she posts like that, it's pretty cool, right? Because um, I'm able to say, you know, there's 
there's something i'm sure that there's something that she took away yep. you know, from our interactions and it's not just her we've, we've had we've had multiple people go on to other careers uh, and other roles that are pretty impressive you know, and, you know, my, my whole purpose of getting out of the bed in the morning is I want to have a lasting impact on people I come in contact with. And so if there's something that, that somebody can take away and, and even, you know, 10 years later, or 15 years later go, Hey, I learned that, or I heard that, or this, this had an impact on me. That to me is really fulfilling, like at a soul level, uh, you know, for me. And, um, and that's really what I strive to do is just, just kind of show up that way. And we, we, again, we operated the business that way. That's what I think created the culture and made it special. You know, if somebody walked in the door, you know, I didn't pretend that they're going to work for us for the rest of our life, their lives. I mean, yep. you know, there, are, I always say that there are three paths people could take path. One is you're going to be here for the long haul, which is in today's world, not, not all that. <laughs> path number two is, path number two is you will outgrow the company. So what you want to do um, is something that either A, we don't offer or B, we offer it, but there's already somebody in that role and they're not going to leave. Right. And so for in order for you to further your career, you have to leave. Yeah. And then path number three is the company will outgrow you. Um, and that that happened every once in a while, maybe once every couple of years, but not not that frequently. Yeah. But I think, and I think framing things that way and knowing that up front, when somebody did leave, you know, um, uh, we always we always hated to see people go. You know, there, there's people that left that were really, really um, uh, big personalities. You know, that contributed a lot to the business personality wise, right. and and sort of energy and vibe wise. But they were leaving to further their career. So my belief was, I was sad to see them go, and almost in a way, the friendship kind of changes. But at the same time, how can I be unhappy for them? How can I be upset about that? Right. If, yeah. if they're moving forward. So yeah, I love it. Well, TK, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thanks for for being on the show. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate you, you inviting me and allowing me to share some of my story. To everyone who tuned in, thanks for listening to Self-Made is a Myth show with your host, Coach Tim Campbell. Be sure to help us spread this movement by liking the show and talking about it on social media. And to join our movement, go to bemadtogether.com. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Make sure to pay it forward, and I'll see you all next time. Take care.